Hey, it's good to see everybody. Good to see everybody. I love, I love what they're doing with these announcements. They're doing such a fantastic job. And I love seeing you guys here. Y'all excited about being here on Sunday, 9 a.m.? <laughs> you guys always say you guys are the saints because you show up early. I know, I know the ones, I know the ones. Well, thank you guys for being here. You could have chose to be anywhere, but you're here at Thrive Community Church, and I know that God has a purpose for that. I believe in God's providential order, and I know he's drawing you in. Uh, my, my, what I always say and what I always did was that when we go into a place, if I'm going to visit a new church or, or check out a new church and see what are they really all about, I want to know, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Most important thing that you'll ever know and grow through is where the Holy Spirit is drawing you to be and then get planted. From that place you get planted because if the Holy Spirit is drawing you in, He's drawing you there to grow and to start planting some roots. And so we are in a series, we're in a series that we're starting, it's called Transformed obviously, and it's talking about how God changes us, how, how God transforms us and we're being renewed by, by the transforming, uh, transformed by the renewing of our minds. We, we need to be fully transformed and fully changed. We have a, a work to do. And that's a continual transformation. It's not just a one-time boom, I've arrived, I'm good, I'm going to heaven, I don't need to do anything else, I'm checked out. No, there's a lot more to it and I'm hoping during this next six weeks to be able to take you through an understanding of identifying where you're at right now in your transformation or your stage of transformation so that you can, I can just give you a nudge so you can move into your next steps of your transformation. We're entering a 40-day change, transformation period right now. We're, we're going to sift through. We're going through the message series and then we're also going to do a Wednesday night right here. We'll discuss that a little bit more, but Wednesday nights, I want to encourage, I want to invite you to come in and, and join us for dinner and a little bit more of a small group style study. And we're going to break this down so they can sift all through us and really get into us because really if we're children of God and you are children of God, if not, I hope today you make that commitment to become a child of God. You are in a process and you are needing this process of transformation, but it's got to get down into you. The old man needs to go or woman needs to go so that the new can come. And it's just, it takes a little work. And so we're talking today about the spiritual part of it. Uh, we're going to talk about seven different subjects, but we're talking about the spiritual part of how to get close to God. Well, we start with Romans 12 too. That's going to be our, our scripture verse for this next six weeks. And it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Who cares what go, what's going on with the media and the government and COVID-19? Don't be conformed to all their junk, right? That's what it says. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let your, let your mind be renewed. And, and it's only going to be renewed according to the word of God. So don't, don't get caught up in what's going on in this world. But go ahead and be intentional as a child of God, a son, a daughter of God, and go ahead and be transformed. It, it, it is an initiation on your own. You have to take and make initiative. I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. The way you think and the way you feel and the way you feel, I'm sorry, the way you think determines the way you feel and the way you feel determines the way you act. A lot of times we want to change things and so we think, well, I'm going to change my actions. No, uh, it doesn't start with your actions. 
And it doesn't start with your feelings either. Somebody say hallelujah to that. <laughs> because it starts with your thoughts. It starts in change. Transformation starts with your thought life. If you're, if you're acting depressed, it's because you're feeling depressed. And if you're feeling depressed, it's because you're depressed. your thoughts are depressed. But if you want to change that, then you have to change your thoughts which affect your feelings, and then it begin to, begin to change your actions. Yeah. The process is all right here in being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Not starting to do something different, but starting to be something different. And it starts with how what I put right here, because that's going to feed what goes down into my soul, and then what you guys see on the outside. Yeah. So it starts right here. The key to transformation starts... So not in the actions, not in the feelings, not in the physical activity that you do. I'm driving this home. It starts in your thought life, in your thinking, in your mind, in su mente in Espanol. Uh, Romans 12.2 says this. Uh, we will apply this, actually, Romans 12.2, we'll apply this to every area, spiritual, physical, relational, mental, emotional, vocational, and financial. All seven areas are affected by Romans 12.2. And you think, well, how's about vocational, even spiritual? Let me tell you this, that if your job sucks, sorry my language, uh, it's going to be hard for you to be transformed because your mind is upset all the time. But if you go into perspective in a job that you don't think, you don't like so much, but you, you, you say, you know what, it's not about my job, it's not about the outside, outside circumstances in my job, it's about me being transformed according to who I really am and me being renewed while in my job. Let me tell you, God can do some very deep spiritual things in that job that you once didn't like, all of a sudden He's renewed your purpose where you are. Are you hearing me? So it's very, very spiritual how we go through these next, these seven steps, these seven areas of our life. Financial as well, because if you're broke, it's hard to be happy sometimes. <laughs> but that's a matter of the heart. Again, it goes to your thinking, down to your feeling. I feel like I can't go to eat, go eat anywhere. Well, stop your thinking. It's not about, about what you can and can't do. It's about how you feel on the, how you think on the inside, which draws out how you feel. We're going to get you there. But transformation changes us from defeat and failure to faith and victory. From emptiness to fullness. It changes us from insecurity and inferiority to courage and boldness. Does somebody want that? I know I do. The further away, you're going to find the further away you get from God, the worse off, the more trouble you have in your life. So if I'm having troubles, I can probably, it's a pretty good indicator that I must be veering away from God. However, the closer you get to God, the more your life will be transformed. And that's what we're going to be drawing. When Saul, think about this, when Saul met Jesus, he transformed from a religious terrorist into someone who penned the most beautiful words about love ever. When Isaiah was suffering from depression, but he drew near to God, God renewed his mind and his thinking. When Moses came into the presence of God, it literally says, Scripture literally says, his, it transformed his likeness. It can happen for you because this is a pattern of God doing a work in an individual who, like we talked about last week, is available, willing to be a servant, and just ready to be used by God. 
He's ready to be a son. The Bible says, we all like sheep have gone away. All have gone astray. And that's why we need shepherds to draw us back in. Have you noticed how the church has just kind of gone astray? During COVID-19, everybody just, oh Lord, I don't even know if I can go to church anymore. They just kind of separated and gone astray. And it's time for shepherds, leaders, the, the, the real leaders start gathering those sheep back in so that we can, we can accomplish what the, what the gospel calls us to accomplish together. Time to bring everybody back in. There's a story in the Bible, though, we're going to connect with. I think no matter where you're at, maybe you felt the power of God in your past, Maybe you're right there, right now, or maybe you've yet, you, you, you're, you, you've gotten saved, but you've yet to truly feel the power and the presence of a holy God. Well, no matter where you are in that journey, we're going to connect. This story is going to connect with you right where you are, and I'm just hoping to move you along in these next steps of what we call here at Thrive Community Church a spiritual journey, because we believe every one of us are on a spiritual journey, and it's not stopping. So Luke 15, if you want to turn your Bibles, you can look there. Luke 15 and 11 and 24. I'm going to breeze through it and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to break it down a little bit. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them the story of a man who had two sons. You probably know this story. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Can you imagine? So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. I want what belongs to me. I want mine. Listen, there's an inheritance coming. You better give it to me. A few days later, this, young, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. Now you can see he got what he wanted, his little inheritance, and then he started getting away from the father. You ever known anybody that started to move in and what God had for them a little bit, or maybe they started receiving a little inheritance from God, or maybe they recognized there was an inheritance from God. Maybe they, they, they started working in their giftings, and then all of a sudden, they're like, I got this. I'm good. I learned a new skill according to God, so I, I can take it from here. Don't worry. And, I, and it, they just start to move and get a little bit distant from God. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About that time, he did it on his own, and it fell flat because he wasn't doing it God's way. Can you, about that time, about the time his money ran out, COVID-19 swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. Now, this would be a major disgrace because what Jesus was addressing, who he was addressing, were Jewish people. And Jews would never, never eat a pig, and they certainly would never work a pig. But this young Jew said the young man, talking about this young Jew, the young man became so hangry that even the pods he was feeding, the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. Man, they were down and out. I, I, was in a, I was in a dark place, a rough place, and I was struggling. Yeah, I started to operate in, my, in some things that the God started to give me. Yeah, I started having a little favor in the world. Yeah, I started getting some favor in work. But I just started doing things my own way. And when things got bad, ain't nobody going to do nothing for me. Let's just move on. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And, and here I am, dying of hunger. 
I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Wow, what a heart change. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. And filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Man, so let's just start partying. Right? You ever been there? We're going to connect with it. At some point, I'm going to show you how really in some levels we're all there. I'm going to show you four steps of drawing near, getting closer to God. And this is the beginning of the path of transformation. Again, I want this is all this is trying to get you plugged in, trying to get you the COVID funk out of you, and I'm trying to get the body of Christ transformed for the purposes of God because that's why we were created. Number one, though, in this is I got to get fed up with my life. You've got to get fed up with your life. If transformation is going to happen, you've got to say, I'm done. I'm tired of it. You've got to realize that nothing will happen until you decide to be fed up. You've got to be where I'm tired of how my life is going. I'm tired of life just happening to me. I'm tired of feeling distant from God. You've got to get desperate. You've got to get hangry. You've got to get anxious for change. You need to get fed up. And you may be in the place where you are fed up. Maybe you're fed up. Everything looks really good on the outside, and you're doing even well financially, likely. But something inside is saying, I'm so sick and tired of this thing in my life. Or maybe that's the whole part of your life, the whole, uh, the whole entity of life. Every bit of your life, you're just sick and tired of your life and where it is. Maybe there's some dynamics that have happened and you're fed up with, with how life used to be, but you haven't figured out how to move beyond, and so you're fed up with not knowing what to do, but you have got to be in a place, and you probably connect with the fact that you've got to be in a place that you are fed up with the way it is currently going. Now Luke 15, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna bring to bring it into a summary here. He says, he wasted it all. He had nothing left. He got desperate and hungry. And he finally, finally, after all that that he had to go through, he came to his senses. Finally. Why? Because God, I'm sorry, uh, the tra- that's where transformation starts. And that's where it has to start if God's going to be able to do something in our lives. God won't let you stay there. He'll bring a little rain. You just put an umbrella up. He'll bring a little bit more rain. And then eventually he's going to bring just the amount, the, enough amount of rain that's going to cause you to move, to make a decision, whether it's further from or closer towards. His hope is that it's closer towards. But he's going to make some adjustments to try to make you make a decision. I got to be fed up because God loves you right where you are. 
but he loves you too much to let you stay there. And thank you, God, for that too. Some of you have been through these storms. Why? Because God does not want you to miss him. And the tendency of humanity is to just look the other way and be controlled by it and just veer into another direction. And we completely miss what God is trying to do in our lives. And you know that feeling of being frustrated with your situations. You know that feeling of being frustrated with your life, with your, your finances, with your, your relationships, your job. You know what it feels like to just be frustrated in life. Well, hello. Because that's God knocking at your door. He's going to keep on knocking. He's waiting for you to give up something so that you can be transformed. There's a beautiful exchange there. But you have to get fed up with your current situation. Jeremiah 29, 13, God's saying this. Oh, you'll, you'll find me when you get serious about finding me. He says in another version, when you search for me with all your heart, your whole heart. When you get serious, no, you'll find me, don't worry. Oh, I'm so far from God. Oh, I can't hear God. Oh, you'll find him. But you got to get serious. You got to get fed up. You got to get tired of your current situation. You got to get tired of the moaning. There's some other words. You got to get tired of all that and want it more than anything else. The question is have you wanted it more than anything else? Because sometimes we love our wallering. Yeah, I'm hungry, but I'm going to keep feeding these pigs because I can waller with them. I can now wrestle with them. I can get some of my agitation out with them. But let me tell you number two. Number two is I've got to own up to my own sin. I'm going to take responsibility for my situation. I'm no longer going to blame other people for what's going on in my life because I am responsible for my part. Yes? Yes, there were some people that are involved in what took place in my life, but I can no longer blame those individuals for the decisions I made while those situations were taking place. I'm going to own my sin. I'm going to own my stuff. I'm going to be responsible. I'm going to take ownership of my current situation. Look at Luke 15, 17 and 18. It says, when he came to his senses, he said, Lord, help me. I've sinned against God and you, Papa. I've sinned against God and you. He says, okay. Right then he says, I'm done doing it my way. I'm done having control of my own life. I'm, I'm done trying to do life with only an awareness of God. I'm finally going to hand over the controls to God. I'm going to put that PS4 joystick down and I'm going to hand it to you, God, and you just take it on from there. I'm connecting with, you know, some of the, the older generation, like, what is PS4? <laughs> Honey, what is PS4? <laughs> Explain it later. Somebody fix that for me. Uh, so Isaiah 59.2 says this, Your sins have separated you from your God and have hidden his face from you. God didn't hide His face. What hid your, His face from you? Your sins. You're thinking, well, I ain't sinned against nobody. I ain't sinned. I ain't, I'm not a sinner. Oh, bless you. Have you, you, ever, you ever prayed and it felt like God was a million miles away from you? You ever, you ever felt like there was just a veil? 
And I can't see God. I can't feel God. I can't hear God. I don't even, I, I can barely even remember what His presence even feels like. Well, Scripture says your sins have separated you from your God and have hidden His face from you. So when you feel far from God, you are the one that has moved. It's going to come up in just a minute. Look at that. Magic. When you, when you feel far from God, you are the one who's moved. God hasn't moved anywhere. You moved away by giving your love to something else. And when you give your love to something else that's other than God, by the Bible calls that an idol. An idol is anything that you try to get love from, you receive love from, or you try to give love to that, that is not God. And an idol is anything that you put in the place. An idol, you're thinking, well, that's like a stone carving or a gold calf or something like that. Yeah, that's what they did whenever Moses went up to the, mount, to the mountain. No, that, that's not what it is. An idol can be your job. It can be your lifestyle. It could be a relationship. It could be a car. It could be a style of dress. An idol can be any of these things that you start to put your heart in. And when somebody starts to touch it a little bit, you get all sensitive and prickly. You know you got an idol whenever you're prickly over something that's going on in your life or something that's in your life or some kind of issue or individual or thing. An idol isn't just some gold or stone carving. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's success. Maybe it's golf. Maybe it's Netflix. Maybe it's your own alone, selfish alone time. Don't be messed with my alone time. There's a difference between isolate, I mean, I mean uh, spending time with the Lord in my own selfish alone time, I don't want to be around nobody. I just want to be around me. If you mess with my time, my idol, you, you touch my idol, something bad's going to happen. Get out of your seat of comfort. Start fighting for it. F start fighting for what you know is right. And if that's how you felt in your walk, you would be desperate for the presence of God. God, I'm done doing things my way. I'm done choosing my own path. I'm done taking control of my own life. And here's what David said after falling to adultery and killing another man. Be merciful to me, Lord, because of your constant love, because of your great mercy. Wipe away my sins. Wash away all my evil and make me clean. You see how transparent David is becoming after what he did? He just said, Lord, I'm just going to be open before you. I'm confessing my sins. Yeah, I messed up bad. I recognize my faults, and I'm conscious that I've sinned against you. Man, let me tell you, when you get in that place, true humility enters in. You want to talk about going low? I'm no longer going to hide from my sin. I'm not, not, no longer going to act righteous in my sin. I'm no longer going to try to protect it and hide it and act like, well, I didn't do anything. He no longer said, well, I'm the king and I can do what I want. I'm the man of this house and I do what I want. And the wife said, well, I'm the neck of this house and I tell you what you're going to do. <laughs> What's God's response to us, though, when we own up to our junk? Isaiah 1.18. The Lord says, no matter how deep the stain of your sins, I can remove it. I just want you to think about that. That, that sin that's just been weighing you down. 
that when I started talking about it, it just, you, you, the Holy Spirit, yeah? Yeah? But He can remove it. I can make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. Notice He says, I can. I can. I can. But you got to be willing. You got to own up. You got to confess. You got to get really transparent. And you got you to just bring it to him and leave it, leave it at him and then receive this because he can. And this week in our Transformation Tribe, we're going to cover seven elements, seven spiritual elements of, of spiritual transformation. Seven elements of spiritual transformation right here Wednesday night. And it's not too late for you to sign up. In fact, I, I, I'm asking you to sign up by tomorrow midnight. It's $15 per workbook. It's a nice workbook, by the way. Here it is. And that $15 is actually going to be given towards a credit for your food that you come in and eat or your family comes in and eat. Six weeks. That's all we need of your time. Six weeks for spiritual transformation. But that's going to be starting this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. But 2 Corinthians, I'm going to give you another principle that's, that you're not going to see this Wednesday. There's another principle. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says this, Test yourself to make sure you're solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourself regular checkups. You notice that when you turn a certain age, you, you go in to the doctor for a regular checkup, Right? You go in for a colonoscopy or something like that. Anybody got a testimony of a colonoscopy they'd like to come up and give tonight? Uh, this morning? No, no, okay. So, but you go and do a regular checkup. And that's the same thing with our spiritual walk. We need to be doing regular checkups. It's not of age. It's out of a place where, man, I just need to get, I need to make sure I'm on the right path. I need a regular checkup. And what does it say? If you fail the test, do something about it. If you... If you, if you go do, do a spiritual checkup and things aren't right, if you go get a colonoscopy and there's some... Do something about it. If your spiritual life looks like... Do something about it. In this workbook, in page 220, there's, there's five areas where you just do a spiritual health assessment. And it takes about 15 minutes. You go through and you ask yourself, How am I doing here? How am I doing here? How am I doing here? Whew, how am I doing here? And you're checking up. Saying, how am, I, how am I doing in my spiritual journey? Because if I'm here as a child of God, if I'm saved and I'm living for Christ, then I need to have some, some way marks, waypoints along my journey. And I need to be able to check those and come back and recheck those. Then on page 223, there's, there's another checkup. This is one for your spiritual health, not for your journey. Your journey should, be, should have some waypoints, but your spiritual health needs to have some assessment as well. Go in there, check it out, read it, and, and just, you know what, let me be honest with myself. Let me be honest with how, what, am I, what, what I'm going to do, what goals I'm going to set. Is there anybody that I can get to help me with this? Because you're not here to do it alone. We're in this thing together. Together. So we've got to get fed up, we've got to own up, and then we've got to offer up ourselves tired of this. Lord, yes, I've been running from it, but here's my sin. But then I, I got to offer myself up. Luke 15, 12, the younger son told his father, I want my share. You bet, I know I got it coming to me. Go ahead and give it to me. I want it now because I want to do life my way. That, 
That was his first response. But look at verse 19. He returned to the Father saying, Help me. Help me. He went from, it's about me and what I want, because I know I got it coming, to, I just need some help. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to be a servant. Heart completely humble. He noticed the change from I deserve to make me. Humbled, conditioned for service. Done with control. Ready for transformation. Are you there yet? Are you, are you getting to that place where you're fed up? Where you're ready, ready to own up? Are you at that place where you say, I know I need to offer myself up, but whoo, it's, it's scary. It's really scary because I got to let go of control again. It goes back to the control. I'm all, I got I, I to get there. If I'm going to find transformation, it's time for me to offer myself up. I got to be done with it. That transformation doesn't happen overnight. There's a lifelong rotation of transformation because somewhere in your life, you are human, you are a sheep, you're going to get complacent, and you're going to need a little bit of a nudge, and you're going to have to own up some things again, you're going to have to get fed up with some things again, and you're going to have to offer up a deeper area of your life because God is wanting to take you from glory to glory, and that means He's going to have to get deeper and deeper inside of you. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, We all with unveiled faces as in a mirror reflect, sorry about the two R's, reflect the Lord's glory. Notice before, when I'm distant from God because my sins have separated me, it feels like I've got a veil on my face. But when I draw near to the Lord, we all with unveiled faces, are, as in a mirror, reflect the Lord's glory and are being transformed. Well, I can't be transformed when I'm distant and I haven't gotten fed up, I haven't owned up, and I'm not willing to offer up. Being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit? Everybody knows what the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. Transform. This word transforms mean metamorpho. Metamorpho. And you know this as in from a caterpillar into a cocoon and then into a beautiful butterfly. From, from something just crawling around on the ground with the, with the potential of just getting stepped on to going through this, this process of being woven into and transformed and changed and, and, and just rerouted in every bit of your physical, spiritual makeup, and then you turn into this beautiful thing that can just bounce through life and flutter and do whatever it is and just go wherever you want and look at all the beautiful flowers in life. Isn't that... That's transformation right there. When your mind is no longer, oh Lord, i got to go to this job today. I can't believe it. I wish my boss would just... I, I shouldn't say that. You know, and then to this place where, you know what, I get, I'm so glad I get to have a job. I'm so glad I get to be the change in my environment where I work. Lord, thank you for calling me to this place so that I can, I can be a vessel for your goodness in this workplace. The transformation that takes place during the cocoon phase, the metamorpho that God's wanting to do in your life. I hope I'm, I'm hoping this is getting in. It's from being stuck. Romans 12, 12, 1 and 2 says, Because God is merciful to you, offer yourselves. It says, I'm fed up, I'm, I'm owning up, and now I offer up. Continuing on, it says, offer yourselves as living sacrifices. Have you, have you 
died and became a sacrifice, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see here, worldly-minded people are not willing to serve as living sacrifices. Yeah, I hear you, girl. That's what I'm thinking in my heart. I'm not ready to live as a sacrifice just yet. I'm not ready to give up. I'm not ready to offer myself. You notice that's worldly thinking. I'm not ready to let go of control. How am I going to give that to God? Worldly thinking. But don't, you know, don't be shamed because God had to do that with His people when He brought them out of Egypt. He had to get Egypt out of them. And now we're, we're trying to get culture out of you. Because there's a kingdom that awaits. And God is choosing you to use you to bring the kingdom of God on earth. But you can't see it when we have worldly thinking and we're not willing to offer ourselves up as living sacrifices. I'll do as long as it's comfortable for me. And God just lets it rain. And then a little bit more. And then your feelings start to change because you're caught in the old way of thinking. And God's trying to move you into something new. And there's this tension and this struggle and this fight. And you're wrestling with, Jesus, with the Lord as Jacob did in the desert. He didn't win. Came out with a limp. And what you're going through right now, you're going to come out with a limp. It's better to give up early. Better to offer up. Better to be a living sacrifice right now. Because Luke 15, 20 says this, Filled with love and compassion, the father ran out to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Bring the robe. Bring the ring. Bring out the sandals. You know what he said? First of all, that's what, that's what a heavenly father says whenever you get transparent. I am... I have been unclean. I have sinned. I have said this. I've thought this in my heart. I've had ought towards so and so. I've got ought towards such and such. I have unforgiveness in me. Lord, I did this. I committed adultery. You, whatever it is. Because the Father is just sitting there waiting for you, son. I just need you to give it up. I need you to give it up. And then as soon as you do, I'm going to come running to you. You only have to see me. I see you. I see you, and I'm going to come upon you like a rushing wind. He ran out to his sons. He said, let's just put on some righteousness for this young man. He's ready. Let's give him some authority. Because you've got to know there's a difference between being saved and walking in righteousness. Because there's some people who get saved and all of a sudden they get some attention. They start to get a little favor. They maybe see some gifts in their life start to flow. And then they go and do it their own way. But they haven't discovered how to walk in His righteousness. And then they waste it on wild things. COVID-19 or some kind of dryness comes along in their life. And there they all complain. Are they complaining? Nobody going to give me anything. Because God's doing a work in your life. He's doing a work in your heart that only God can do in this season. And it's going to be you getting fed up, owning up, offering up, saying, I'm done. 
I'm owning it. And then he says, you know what? That sandals, you finally get what it means to walk in sonship. I'm going to give you my shoes. You're going to walk a mile in my shoes, son. There's a difference between being saved and walking in sonship. You see, a son gets to. You notice, he said, well, even the servants at my daddy's house are living better than I am. You see, a servant realizes they get to. A son even more so understands the authority able to lay it down and walk in it and understand it for the sake of others, has a robe of righteousness and he realizes it doesn't come from him, it comes from the Father. A son starts to have this, this confidence in humility that says, oh, what a blessing it is to be able to get to and be chosen by my heavenly Father. But a, a slave who can be saved says, man, i got to show up and serve today. Man, i got to give Oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be different in the chair, in the building, in the in the, my business place. Goodness, you know that's the difference between slavery, even servanthood, and sonship. All of them are saved, but it takes some transition to get to that place when you're walking in righteousness, His righteousness, with authority. And then in sonship. The moment you say, God, I'm done with doing it my way. This doesn't matter where you are in your journey. God is going to sweep through. He's going to run to you. He's going to flock you. He's going to wrap himself around you by way of his Holy Spirit. And you'll forget that you were dry. You will forget that there was distance between you know, I, I thought that sirloin steak, let me break this down. I thought that sirloin steak was good until I had a T-bone. I Personally, I thought a T-bone was good until I had a ribeye. I thought a ribeye was good until I had one of Scott's fillets. I couldn't afford fillet and it wasn't enough meat, so I went back to ribeye. I'm going to break this down in your life. Man, things got going really good and I really flourished in the Lord. And I feel pretty good. I'm comfortable. I, I enjoy the things that I get to enjoy in my life. But then something came along and there was some agitation. Maybe, maybe there were some marriage issues or some son issues, daughter issues, children issues, or business awakening issues. And, and you had to get out of your little comfort zone and do some different things and make some different decisions. And it was tough. And there was, I, I, you owned it and you, you were fed up with the way it was going because it was going the wrong direction. Yet there was still some comforts. You were still living good at the house. But, and then you moved from the sirloin to the T-bone. Because you answered to the Lord, He started making some renewed things in your life. And you started realizing, why didn't I do this a long time ago? Why didn't I make these changes years ago? And the next is the ribeye in your life. And maybe you're not seeing it right now, but God's using some situations to stir you into a direction that He wants you to go in, and He's making it rain a little bit, and He's going to bring a little bit more rain, and it's only going to get heavier until you decide to get fed up, to own up, 
to offer up as a living sacrifice because this is continual. In fact, if you are not continually living as a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, you just sacrifice some, some things at some point so you could get to a place of comfort for yourself. You're no offering. You offered. You sacrificed. Past tense. But he says live as an offering. A living sacrifice is continual. Continual change. Being transformed. Being fed up. Being done with it. Being, set, being, being tired of the way it could be. Because sadly for God, your comfort zones is not His best for you. I'm telling you, no matter where you're at, God has greater things for every individual. Because right then, number four is this. you got to lift up. You got to lift up your praise. Because when you're done, everything inside of you, and it's, he's, he's purified, he's purged you, and you're like, I, you, you get it, I'm offering myself up. It's no longer about my comforts, it's no longer about my, humil my, my embarrassment, it's no longer about my depression, my pride, my anxiety, my worry, my financial situation, my job situation. It's no longer about any of those things but being thankful that the Father allows me to serve Him in whatever capacity He gives. And when that is the mindset of your thinking, then now He can say, I can bestow some more authority on your life because you know authority is not to use to your advantage, but for the advantage of other people. In this 21 days of prayer that we're starting today, we're praying one thing. 2 Timothy 2.2, and it's right here. Oh Lord, help us find some faithful men and women who will be able to lead the church in the future. Raise up some people, Lord. Raise up some people out of their funk. Raise up some people that are willing to be living sacrifices. Raise up some people who are going to be an offering and who will praise unto you. Yes, we're going to go. There's a, there's a daily devotional in this book right here. For the next 40 days, we're, we're going to be doing that. 21 days, we'll be talking about it on Facebook each day as a staff. But our prayer... Commit these things that I have heard from, did you have heard from me among many witnesses? Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. We're just, this era of the church needs some godly men and women who are, not say, well, I can, I can do it, it's all about me, I'm, I, I can make it happen, I'm able. No, they're just faithful. They're going to show up, they're going to serve, they're going to be willing, they're going to be ministers as saints, and they may not have it yet. But guess what? They'll, they're willing to be equipped because they will be. They will be because of their faithfulness and their steadfastness and their sacrifice. They will be able to teach others. They will have it. And Luke 15, 23 says, we're going we're gonna to celebrate with a feast of eating and drinking. He was lost, but now he's found. So let the party begin. Yes. And we don't come back in condemnation, we come back in celebration. Can somebody say hallelujah on that one right there? And Psalm 68, 4 says, Sing to God in praises to His name. Lift up a song to Him, and His name is the Lord. Psalms 13, 6 says, I will sing to the Lord because He has been so good to me. 
And maybe you're tired of doing it your way. Well, let me introduce you to Jesus first. If you've yet to truly come to know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, let me, let me, just, let me just walk you through this right here. And here's how it goes. Jesus, I'm tired of doing it my way. Just like this. There's going to be an altar team up here to pray with you and, and, and testify with you and just celebrate with you after this. But, Lord, I'm done doing it my way. I repent for the sins that I've committed in my life. I confess them. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died for my sins on the cross, and three days you were in the grave, and then you rose again so that I may have life. I, I believe it. I believe it. And here's the next step. The next step is obedience. Whatever you say, Lord, I'm just going to do that. I'm not going to complicate it. I'm not going to feel like i got to understand all my theology right now. I'm just going to do what the next thing is that you tell me to do. So I want to be a living sacrifice. I'm fed up. I'm owning up. I'm offering up. Because I want to give you praise in my life. I'm dry. And I'm ready to walk this thing out with you. And maybe you've been there. Maybe you've done that. Maybe you're in this place. Well, what's my next step, Pastor Nathan? Next Sunday, we have our equip track, 1045. And guess what? That, that's where we begin to show you who Thrive is, where we came from, what we're about, who you are, your spiritual gifts, your personality, how, how that fits in the kingdom and the body of Christ. Here's the beautiful thing. You get a free lunch. If for nothing else, act like you're interested so you can eat lunch with us. You can't lose. 1045, but I do need you to register so we can have that ribeye for you. I don't know if it's going to be a ribeye. But I need you to register for Equip Track. It's going to be next Sunday, right after this service at 10.45 a.m. But pray, pray with us. Pray with us these next 21 days. Pray with us that God will just begin to raise up faithful men and women. The world needs faithful men and women of God right now. If you are tired of seeing culture, hearing the media, and watching certain government entities behave and live the way that they are, Pray that God will raise up men and women to lead His church through this season. Pray with us. And if you can, right here on Wednesday nights from 6.30 to 8, come in. Worship with us. Do a little small group study with us. Work this thing out in your heart so that God can bring transformation to you and your family. I love you. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for every individual in here. I thank you for transformation. And Lord, I just pray that every person in here is fed up, is willing to own up, is willing to give everything up to you as an offering so that their life can be praise unto you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.